You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Therapy Nodes. As everyone knows, I use Therapy Nodes. It works wonderfully for group practices, and they're always doing a ton of work to move the needle up to providing as many things as they possibly can for group practice owners. So if you're interested in getting two free months instead of their typical one free month, go to therapynotes.com forward slash R forward slash the group practice exchange. So today's episode is a coaching episode. I've got Taina with me on the line, and we're going to be talking about how to know you're ready to start when you feel like you're stuck in this panic mode paralysis. So I'm really excited about this one because I feel like this is something that 100% of us have gone through. So hi, Taina. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit about you and and what's going on and and let's jump into this topic. So um, I'm from Connecticut and I started a group practice and I'm sorry, I started an individual practice. I'd like to move to a group practice. I started in 2016 and I actually started without an office. So when I first started, um, I had set up for, um, I had set up for practice and I got a call from a school and they said, Hey, we need some additional services here. Would you consider coming in? So I did. That went very well. And I started growing my practice on the side little by little. I sublet um, a space and that continued to grow. I was in that space for about a year and a half before I found my own uh, space a little bit closer to home. So now I'm in that space. I see approximately 24 people a week, uh, nice. which is a lot because yes. <laughs> I also... Um, I also stay at home to take care of my children during the week. So, okay. so that's a lot. It is. And I do it nights and weekends, um, but I'm really enjoying it. So I'm really at the, at the space where I have, um, I have this space that's empty during the week. And I really would like to start hiring uh, clinicians. So tell me a little bit about this stuck in mat- panic mode, this paralysis of like, obviously not moving forward, but wanting to move forward. What's going on with that? Oh gosh, it's overwhelming. <laughs> so I have all my goals, you know, like on post-its and I am a member of the exchange. So I certainly have um, a timeline for how to complete my um, my handbook. I'm, I'm actually onboarding a VA in the next two weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, but it's really about how to know that I'm hiring the right person, how to know if it's the right time to move forward. I mean, I know it, uh, but it's hard to not let the self-doubt get a hold, especially because there's so many people doing the same work at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like one of the things that so many people bring up that plays one of, one of the biggest roles in the paralysis is making the right decisions uh, and I hear that in both of the things that you bring up. It's just like knowing it's the right time, but also knowing it's the right person or people that I'm bringing on. And so what I'm hearing is um, some fear or maybe some doubt around um, making the right decisions, which right. is so which is so normal. Um, oddly enough, I'm I don't know. I'm probably one of the very few because I um, you know did it before there was these Facebook groups and, and support 
you know, places like this uh, online where I didn't know what other people were doing. I, I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't know any other way. So I'll just wing it. So I, I did, I did not have the fear initially. Um, I got the fear later after I was like, holy, holy shit, I'm, I'm in charge of someone and their, their income. And like, I need to make sure I'm doing these things right. But initially, that was, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I just need, you know, some extra, I have all this extra space. I'd love to have someone else around with me. I mean, not the way you want to be starting off or in terms of how you think about it. But it's, uh, it's funny how different it is, I think, now in these past five years, if you're opening a practice versus people, a group practice versus people who open their group practice years and years ago when they may not have known any other group practice owner. So they, didn't really have anything to compare to. Um, the differences in what where the fears came in, I think it's so common now um, for people to have the fear or the self-doubt to just take one step into the group practice, like uh, startup stage of doing interviews or hiring their first person um, because you have so much to, to compare to and, and you see the the horror stories and you see all of the, like, this is so hard. And, and I, I can totally see how that, will, you know, make people who are thinking about starting their group practice kind of pause. Yeah. I mean, I see, I follow all the boards. I see the stories about the clawbacks and insurance is not paying and um, what happens when somebody leaves and takes their clients with them. And so that stuff gives me definitely butterflies. Yeah. Um, One thing that has worked really well just from, because I obviously go through stages ever since um, having a lot of other group practice support people and seeing what people are doing, you know, it's not, it's not hard to get into that place of feeling a doubt about, you know, what you're supposed to be doing because there's, you you see so many people doing it in a million different ways. What's the right way? Um, and one of the things that has really worked well for me that maybe is is something to think about, at least in terms of the, the startup phase, I think this can work really well is, you, you don't have to make any decisions that any decision you make in the beginning, especially is, is going to be a small decision at a time. So like if you want to in, uh, hire someone, you're not going to be able to just hire someone, just move the needle forward and put an ad out there. You can put an ad out there and say, you know what? Oh my gosh, this isn't for me. And you, nothing has happened. Right. Um, you, but you're moving the needle forward a little bit. And if you feel like most people who are really have the grit and want to have that group practice, they're going to take that first scary step by putting the ad out there and see, okay, this isn't so bad. The next step is again, not a step that's going to require you to hire someone. It's just interviewing people. So now people are sending in applications. You might decide, you know what, let me do some interviews. I always think it's great, especially in the beginning, because it takes, I think, time and kind of, uh, uh, practice to, get good at interviewing people. I was not good at it um, in the beginning. And so I actually think it's a great idea to interview people even before you're ready, just so that you can figure out what does the interview process look like from this end? Because we've obviously all been in it on the other end. But then even then you can interview 8,000 people and still not hire anyone if you don't feel ready. And I find that every time you move, you know, take a step closer and closer, you start to get a little bit more ready. And I, I, I know this to be true because when I started, I never thought I would have more than one or two people. And I have now 30. I would, I would literally have said, hell no, will I ever have 30 people? Um, But it gets easier and you're a little bit more comfortable and less scary. And so I like looking at it from that perspective. If if it's something you're really interested in and and fears, the thing that's getting in the way, the 
um, fear of the unknown, not knowing if you're going to make the right choices. What's great is you can really do this at small micro steps and you're actually going to be able to feel whether it, it makes sense. Like as you're taking those little steps of putting the ad out, doing some interviews. And, and you'll notice that when you find someone who just feels right, and for me, it's always about feeling. I, I feel like anyone who is feeling, you know, the group practice owners who've talked about having really bad experiences, almost all of them have had little yellow flags during the interview process, or they haven't done enough interviews with that person. So I'm all about if you, yeah, I know you said you've listened to the other podcasts, but I like to have like multiple touch points where I might do a phone screening first, uh, for 15 minutes just to hear their voice and have a conversation. Then I will do an in-person one. And when I was solo or only had a few people, I would do a second one myself as well. Now I obviously have a, you know, other people doing it with me. Um, but I, if you have multiple times where you can talk to that person, most people who've had bad fits have found that they they kind of saw it during some part of the interview process, um, and it had more to do with, you know, really just not paying attention to or, or taking seriously what those yellow flags were, or red flags were when they were interviewing them, and just saying, you know, I really want this person, or I really need another person. I have too many referrals, um, and not listening to their instinct or their gut with it. Um, but if you do which is something that I, from the beginning, sort of did, you'll know the moment there's a good person that's a right fit for you, you're not going to be afraid anymore because you're going to be excited. I mean, there'll be another sort of afraid of like, what's what now, what's next? But right. you won't be afraid of the decision of this person's a good fit, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, that was definitely my concern was that I would mistake the nervousness of diving in you know, yep. to the deep end with, is this person a good fit or not? And trusting my, my senses, my gut, uh, my gut instinct, uh, whether a hire was a good one or not. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a process and takes some time to really get to a place where you feel comfortable with it. Um, but like I said, if you just put one foot in front of the other and, and, and stand for a while, I'm all about, um, you know, not needing to, and I shouldn't say this because I am one that can kind of jump into things and then be like, Oh, I'm doing too many things, but, <laughs> but do as I say, not as I do. Um, it's, uh, you can seriously take a step and then coast for a second and just see the application, see what's coming in, not have this timeline of, I need to have someone by the end of this month, but say, um, I, there's no rush when there's a rush mentally, usually there's not an actual physical rush. There's, it's usually just a mental rush of like, you know, having this idea of being at the next stage at some point where people then start to make those mistakes. Right. Um, and I definitely don't want to fall into that trap because the uh, referrals are definitely overwhelming. Um, I have much more of those than I can, than I can handle. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that's playing a, a role in that panic mode or that sort of I can see this as two different things like panic, but then the paralysis you mentioned as well, just being like stuck and anxious at the same time. Well, one thing that I realized that was really a surprise is that when I signed my lease, it said that I could sublet yeah. uh, with permission. And that has changed drastically with a slew of new rules. And I'm certainly smarter now than I was when I signed that, but the original intention was to sublet. And now that I've basically been essentially blocked from, from okay. that, um, I now have this space that sits empty every okay. single day. 
Okay. So you were initially thinking of, of not being a group practice, but maybe more of a collective where you can sublet the space to other therapists that have yes. their own businesses. Yeah. Have you gotten to a place? Cause this definitely can play a role in this paralysis because it's not, is, is it now in alignment having an actual group practice? Is that in alignment with your vision for where you see yourself now? Obviously we, we make changes. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I never, I, I would have said no to being where I'm at now. It would not have been in alignment um, for me, but as I, you know, as time passed and as experiences happened, um, my vision for myself shifted and, and it, I'm obviously in alignment. Are you in a place yet where you feel like your vision is in alignment with what you can actually do? You mentioned that you were wanting to sublet. That was your vision. Now you're not able to do that. So you're thinking group practice. Initially, that sounds like they're not in alignment. Have you shifted away from that idea of wanting to sublet or are you just settling into having this group practice because it's kind of, they've pigeonholed you into this is where, what you can do? That's a really great question. I, I always thought that I would roll into group practice, but that was definitely up until fairly recently, that was a goal that was probably about a year and a half out. Okay. So you were wanting to take small steps. This, was this your like way of taking small steps, make it a little easier on yourself, sublet where you don't have this full control and needing to do all, you know everything around it when it, you got comfortable, start to shift? Yeah. And I also thought that it would be a nice way to see how some people worked. And then as I moved, as I rolled up to see if they were people who would potentially want to come with me. Yes, that makes sense. I feel like this is such a common thing. We have this idea of how we think things are going to work. And yeah. they so rarely do. I'm telling you, so so often, so often it happens. I'm literally in a in a very similar situation. I've been trying to, in terms of expectations not matching reality, and me being like, "Why can't things work the way I want them to?" <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but right. we're trying to expand our our main like headquarters location, and uh, the building that I'm in is just so. I've literally since last. July or June, been talking to them about taking over the whole first floor. We're still in discussions. I'm at a point where I'm like, you're taking way too long discussing a, a situation. I've opened up another location and filled it up while we've been discussing this, just so you know. Um, and now I've been looking at a whole new space, but I still have two years, I had a five-year lease on this. Um, I still have about two years left because um, I had renewed this lease several times. I've been here since I started. Um, but I'm literally in a place of thinking I might just finish off paying rent for the next two years in this space, but just take a new space that's larger and, and obviously have a financial that, that doesn't looking at it from the, um, on a micro level, it, it doesn't make sense because I'm going to be paying two rents, but right. from a long-term perspective, do I want to wait two years to end this one? And then that other space, which is really good, ends up being gone, you know? So I get that. There's it, it, The way you want things to work out often doesn't happen. It's small miracles when they do. Um, but more often than not, we end up having to adjust how we expected things to happen. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because we deal with other people who aren't always doing what we think they're going to do. <laughs> who are not. Yeah, they... That definitely was a surprise. So when I went back to the drawing board, I said, okay, this is what makes the most sense now, even though I have to adjust my timeline. So I, I am part of a goal setting group. Okay. And so the, the goals for this month include finishing onboarding the, the VA, 
um, and looking at financials with an accountant, reviewing current budget, um, doing the, the math for adding a clinician, doing the math per clinician so that I can know that I every time I take a step, I'm still in good standing, um, reviewing systems. And uh, so every step is, is broken out into smaller steps. Yep. Our coach is saying, yes, that's like very, very small steps because if not, it does get overwhelming, right? And we know that that's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. It sounds like you're you're taking all the right steps and you're being cautious and you're taking your time, which um, says a lot because many of us sort of just dove into shark infested waters <laughs> when we did this. Um, and so it's, it's, it's going to be a strength of yours um, that you're taking your time with it and really breaking things down and, and setting goals. These are all things that so many of us didn't do or aren't doing right now. And so, um, like I said, my, my biggest piece of feedback would be to just uh, kind of like what your coach is saying is take a step with this. I mean, put an ad out you're going to see how it feels when you actually go get away from the contemplation stage or thinking about it stage. And you're actually a step into the implementing stage of hiring your first person and becoming a group practice. Um, you'll find that more often than not, if you're meant to, to do this, it's going to feel really good when you put that ad out and it's going to feel even better when you start to get applications. And as you know, um, being in these groups, you can see this, it doesn't, it's often takes a while to find a good fitting person. So you're going to get a lot of applications. You're going to learn how to edit your job description and you're going to see what, how, what kind of people are responding to these ads and you're going to be adjusting with it and playing with it. So it's a, it's a great experience without forcing you to have to make this decision. Um, it's not like you have to, you know, go to a job fair and, and actually hire someone, you know, right away. You can, really take these steps, at, at small steps before you get to the place of giving that offer letter out there. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, you know, as we're talking about it, all of this sounds non-panic inducing. <laughs> um, that's just not how it sounds in my head at 2am. Yeah. When you're by yourself and you're right. sitting at, on LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever thing you're going to go on and going to post that ad, I totally get it. Seriously, po when, you po when you go to post it, there is a delete button right there. If a minute later you want to delete it for a second, go ahead and delete it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that that panic is going to subside really quickly, and and you're gonna feel totally fine that that is out in the world right now. That people are seeing that you're looking for someone to hire. Right, right. And to be honest, I, I don't I don't even know if I'm going to have to post it. One of um, if I could if I could. Uh, mention one of my strengths. One of my strength, strengths is networking. No, you may not mention a strength of yours. <laughs> <laughs> networking. That's not a strength of mine. Oh, that's amazing. So that means, you know, you're going to, this is, this is actually a real, I know you said it's a strength, but I'm going to say it's even more of a strength than you're thinking because uh, one of the biggest struggles with employment and just expanding beyond just one person, you know, having a handful of clinicians is um, trusting the people that you have and it's really good when you can find people that you have somehow networked with before. Um, the best people that I've ever had are people that I either knew through some other job um, and when they started that they brought in people that they have worked with, you know? Right. 
Oh, that's great. So you have someone that maybe is going to, is, um, is a maybe for you? It's not, not so much their person is maybe, but I have these very specific networking groups where I can put it out and I trust people to bring forward yes. um, people who they back. Yeah, that's good. I think it's time. Do I need to put a challenge on you to say you have till this date to put an ad out there or to uh, breathe it out into the, your networking world? <laughs> yes, I, I think I think if I want to meet my goal of bringing somebody on by the first quarter of 2020, I think I have to put it out there by October. Yes, I 100, 100%. 100% by October, you want it out there. Because, you know, you might be lucky and the first person that applies, applies within a couple of weeks and they're a perfect fit. But even then you have to train and onboard. It takes a little bit of time anyways, but most people will say, group practice owners will say that it takes a handful of months. Sometimes I search for six months. Uh, sometimes I search for a month and I find someone, but I, I, I would put an ad out in October if you're really looking to have someone set and onboarded by the first of the year. I'm writing this down. I'm sweating. <laughs> Feel free to tag me the moment your the contemplation goes to I'm put I'm I'm gonna breathe it out into the world and I will hold your hand through it and say you got it. Thank you. <laughs> um I I'm really excited to see the moment that you decide to to do to do this because I think you know the well, from what I'm hearing you're setting yourself up you're being so deliberate you're taking your time you're getting support you're setting small goals you you've got it that is terrifying to hear um, <laughs> <laughs> you I would got it Taina. Well, I, I was I was halfway thinking and it was actually a thought that occurred. I said, I'm going to talk to Maureen and she's going to tell me I have no idea what I'm doing and I should sit down for another year. Oh, um, sorry. Now <laughs> I need to move forward. Yes. I would, I would, and I'll ask you, I'll say if I think, um, I won't say it's maybe so outright, especially on a podcast that you're not ready, but I would definitely say, you know, here are the things I would do. This is the order that I would go in. Don't put an ad out until the first of the year. Don't put an ad out. Think about putting an ad out to later. If I really truly thought that they have a lot of work to do before getting there, I, I would say that. And you definitely, you're definitely in a place where you could put, you can put an ad out now if you wanted to. Like I said before, there's no need for you to actually take someone on. Um, and it sounds like you're taking all the steps you need to. So I would not be concerned. I get you want to wait till October 1st because you're looking to hire in, in the around the 1st of September. But even if you put something out in the next month or so, what is forcing you to have to actually bring someone on at that point? Or what's forcing you to not say, you know what, you're great. I'm looking to bring someone on the first of the year. Is that something you're willing to wait for? You know, um, you're, you're ready for it. So just make sure you set that date and time where you're going to put it out there and, and hold yourself accountable to doing it because I think you're going to be doing great. Oh, thank you. In my in my hometown, there is a there is a um, a river, and you can jump off a very high rock. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I'm having flashbacks of being right there, so it was fun, right? Like it was fun to jump, but it was fun when you landed. Yes, right. I totally get that. We did this like 
skydive type thing. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And at the end, I was like, that was amazing. I'll never do it again. But that was amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I, it told, starting a group practice really can feel a lot like that. You're right. Wow. Well, thank you for the pep talk. I think I really yeah. needed it. Awesome. Well, like I said, please keep me posted and tag me because I once October hits, it's a few months away. I want to know that you did it. I will. Okay. I will. I, I might actually put something on my calendar because I know I'll forget by October. It's a long time, but I might actually put something on my calendar that says like tag you and ask you if you've done it yet. I think I might do that just, just to, to put a little bit more pressure on you that I I'm going to reach out. If you don't, I'm going to do that. I am putting that in my calendar right now for <laughs> October 1st. Yes. It's going out. You've got it. Tag Maureen. It was, it was really good talking to you. I actually had a lot of fun on this one. Thank you. I don't know if I just induced a little bit more anxiety for you. I hope I didn't, but um, I, I this this felt really positive, and I think it's gonna it's gonna turn out really good for you. I think it's good putting those fears out into the light so that they they uh, can dissipate when they need to. Yeah, and also because there's so many other people that are feeling what you're feeling, I think they're gonna get a sense of common humanity from this episode and feel like it's not just them feeling this way. Awesome. All right. Well, it was so good to talk to you this morning. You as well. Thank you so much. You have a good one. You as well. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.